Patreon.com slash the walk-off podcast. Uh, $4 a month gets you in there. Baseball, Blue Jays, and more baseball. It's the walk-off with Scott Belford and Adam Mack. This ball is crushed. The diehard podcast for the casual fan. And another one. My goodness. So I know we were just saying this before you hit record, but I have officially landed in Toronto. I'm in Hogtown and uh, baseball town right around the corner, buddy. On Sunday, it's going to be a live long toss. Uh, Blake Murphy has been messaging me. He's got a couple buddies coming down. We've got Julia Cruz. Now, Julia Cruz, it's funny because she is reporting on the game that day. So she's in a rush to get there in time. So there's all sorts of stuff in the air as, as the producer. Now I'm getting stressed out, but it's looking <laughs> really good, buddy. And I'm excited about it. Uh, a big congratulations to Heather. Where is it here? Sulky, I think it is. I'm probably completely misnaming that. But Heather, you are the winner of our four tickets we were giving away on Tuesday. Congratulations to you. I know I already messaged her on Twitter and congratulated her and let her know how this is going to work. So anyone who has won tickets, by the way, just a reminder, they are going to be under your name at the box office at the Comedy Bar Danforth on Sunday. You just need to go and let them know your name and away you go. Hey, here's some fun I saw on TikTok of all places the other day. It was a young lady and it was she's like in like selfie camera mode. And the caption is like, when your boyfriend who plays minor league baseball for whatever team uh, leaves you tickets at the will call and you show up and they give you tickets right next to his other girlfriend who he also left tickets. for. (laughs) Yikes. So they sat and watched the game together and compared messages and. Oh, wow. So I think he's back on the market. (laughs) But ladies, he'll get you into the events. (laughs) Yeah, he wants to watch some double A ball. Wow. That is... uh... If you run into that, send that my way. I want to see that TikTok now. You've piqued my interest, Adam. All right, I'll send it your way. I'll send it your way. Uh, Hey, you're usually the stats guy the fun weird stats here's one that i saw um jose altuve hit three home runs uh before the seven eight nine hitters got one at bat yeah i saw that isn't that crazy that's what happens when you lose 14 to (laughs) one oh man the game wait the game i can't even believe the texas rangers face plant right now dude like even when they were going into houston houston hasn't been good and i was like which texas yeah. team is going to really right? show up and only one of them bothered so uh the blue jays still have a half game lead in that final spot of the wild card good afternoon i guess at this point uh welcome to the walk-off i'm scott belford joined as always by the best co-host in the biz adam mack we have a jam-packed show for you today okay so we are going to get into the blue jays and this wild card race and the fact that the road trip probably wasn't quite where we wanted it to be but there is definitely an opportunity in these three games against kansas city at home to right that ship and be where we want to be for 
the final 19 games of the season. We are going to get to three studs and a dud. Injuries galore has hit this Blue Jays team. So we'll report on what we know, who's coming back, who's on the verge of returning to the team and uh, who might wind up missing the season. Bo Bichette, one of those guys on that injured list. We're going to talk him and what it means just him coming back to this team and what he can provide in the final 15%, 10% of the season. We will talk the bullpen and Adam and I will break down our new circle of trust. Are mm. there candidates who have maybe fallen out of it? Are there candidates who have moved up the rankings? And then finally we'll end the show Previewing this Kansas City series as well as the week ahead. Obviously, that big four-game set against Texas starting on Monday is going to be one all Jays fans are keeping an eye on. It could mean the season. <laughs> we'll get into it. Before we do that, real quick shout out to our Patreon. And dang it all, Adam, I really meant to go and get the, the names of all of them. But I we have got had... the names, Scott. Look at you. This is why you're the best co-host in the biz, but it's not just a moniker. You really do show up here. Uh, because we've we've seen a huge increase in Patreon. I just really wish to thank everyone who is showing so much support for the channel. I know that a bunch of you even reached out over Messenger and was just very kind words said anyways both adam and i truly i would like to thank you go ahead with the list there buddy so we got scott adams the jays fan uh joined the patreon we got uh which Colin. by the way we learned after years of scott adams the jays fan and us being like is this a real name not a real name he is a scott a he is not name. a scott adams he is trolling in the Discord, but love to see it. And uh, welcome to Patreon, Scott. There you go. Uh, Deborah, already a Patreon, but mm -hmm. uh, upped it to our most premium tier. Yes. Uh, the Blue Jays game watch party on Zoom tier. We need a better name for that. Um, <laughs> but uh, we're going to have a poll out over the weekend to vote on. Uh, so we'll pick yes. a game for the end of the month. It'll probably be a Rays game or a Yankees game, I'm sure. Yeah, uh, we we'll had a few of you as a group, and we'll, we had uh, a few we'll... of you Patreon members uh, up your tier level, and and we thank you for that. That's really helpful. Uh, we also got uh, welcome to the Patreon to Trevor. Uh, welcome yeah. back, Simon, who renewed. Yeah, uh, Metal Manic, who by the way sent a message that made me laugh out loud. He says, "Davish Schneider." I know it's Davis, but I can't unhear how it sounds like everyone <laughs> that for Barker is pronouncing his first name the same way on its own. It sounds fine. But when people are saying it full, it's Davish Schneider. It's Davis like he's Schneider. Dave. He's Dave, but he's Davish. Not totally. Yeah. Dave. <laughs> not totally. Dave. He's not a full on Dave, but he's yeah. Davish. <laughs> well, if he keeps hitting like this, he'll be totally Dave. So he'll be totally go. Dave. 100% Dave. <laughs> Uh, and then also uh, Colin White, who said, uh, good day, gentlemen. I've really enjoyed your content throughout the summer. I just pledged to your Patreon to support the many hours of enjoyment you provide me. I've never used Discord, but I'm joining here anyways in hopes the YouTube show continues. So thank you to Colin. Well, yeah, thank, honestly, I was kind of blown away. And, uh, you know, it's nice to have that that heart of ours heated up every once in a while by the grounds. Yeah. Chris, so we appreciate the love. Thanks, guys. Thaw and out yeah, the old obviously. icicle in our chest. That's right. 
Oh, buddy. Um, so this has been the quote unquote weakest point of the season. The teams that this Jays schedulistically, the schedulistically, sure. That's like a new that word, word, but I like That's it. That's a good to man, it. but you nailed it so well utilized. <laughs> so schedulistically, <laughs> this has been the easiest stretch for the Blue Jays all year. They currently sit seven and five in that Cleveland, Oakland, Colorado, and now Kansas City stretch here. I'm missing a team, right? Uh, Washington was in there. Yes, Washington, the Nats. That's right. So we kind of said at the start of this, what would look good is a 10-5 and showing in these 15 games, which is still possible with a sweep of the Kansas City Royals who are as lowly as they come. That is the record they're going to end at. Now, if the Blue Jays have proved anything to us this season, they are going to take two of three. (laughs) And it will be a nine and six record. Listen, the reason I said 10 and five when I was predicting this, I kind of figure the high watermark to make the playoffs is going to be that 90 win mark. And so if they can sweep Kansas City, that sets them up in the last 19 games of the season against teams that are all above 500 minus the Yankees. But the Yanks are on a a hot streak right now and may have even gotten back above that 500 level. I haven't looked recently. Their pitching has been good, though, and they called up those kids. So there's some excitement in New York. But it allows them to go 10 and 9, just slightly above 500 for the last 19 games of the season to hit that 90 game mark. Obviously we don't know, maybe 87 wins. Does it the way the Texas Rangers are playing? It might be that case. I know that uh, the Jays still play the Red Sox who are pretty much out of it, but not completely. And the Jays could definitely let them back into this race. If they do something completely ridiculous, like get swept, there's a lot of baseball left to play, but the Jays are in not a terrible spot. Um, My guess is that this team takes two of three against the Royals and not a full sweep. How would you feel about that, Adam? If if this this easiest stretch winds up being a nine and six stretch, a little disappointing, but you'll take it. Where are you at? I mean. We're not sucking as hard as the Rangers. No. So I guess I would take a, would take a eight and seven stretch. Oh, while the, the, the while the Rangers go two and thirteen. Yeah. Over a ten and five stretch in which the Rangers also go ten and five. So Very that's my toxic visity for the day is uh we're getting it done. You know, we 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 have surpassed them. We're currently sitting in a wild card spot. We have a massive series coming up against them. What are your thoughts on the sentiment this Blue Jays team doesn't deserve a playoff spot? Because there's a lot of rhetoric amongst some of the fan base that truly believe that if they make the playoffs, they don't deserve it. 
but I kind of have this weird hard wiring in my brain of like, if you win 90 wins, you probably deserve to be there. Even if you didn't, even if you didn't do so in a way that pleases your fan base. And I respond to that because deserve is like, I'm not a super wokester that gets triggered by much, but but deserve is one of those words that stands out to me. I recollect, I don't know if this was my dad that said this or an old baseball coach or whoever said it. I'm sure they stole it from a Sylvester Stallone movie. But <laughs> I can't wait for this now. <laughs> the point is deserve ain't got nothing to do with it. And that's how I feel about anything. Anytime deserve is involved in a question. Yeah, Did the Blue Jays deserve the a playoff spot? Does Davish Schneider uh, deserve uh, a starting role on this team? Deserve ain't got nothing to do with it. No, it doesn't. Never has. I feel the exact same way. You summed it up beautifully, man. They're either in the playoffs and good luck, or they missed out. I mean, again, the Blue Jays went, if they go eight and seven, but we make up ground, that's the timeline I want over Mm -hmm. the timeline in which we play great, but we are not playing as great as the teams in front of us. Yeah, we I all will, sat through I will 20, take an, I will take 21. an 86-win Blue Jays team that makes the playoffs over a 93-win team that misses yes. out. Thank so you. That's, that's where I'm at. And I'm that's in the same boat, buddy, because we, we were all there in 2021. We know how good that team was. We sat there and watched them win 91 games and be eliminated from the playoffs. It was heartbreaking. It was devastating. We still all pine over that 2021 timeline. But mm-hmm. they didn't make the playoffs. They weren't good enough. However you wish to break it down. And there, there you go again, right? People ha- have said they did deserve to make the playoffs. But again, what does deserve have to do with it? That's a team that we felt like if they had made it, could have done damage. They were hot at the right time. They were feisty, but they couldn't get it. Couldn't, couldn't get it, get it done. So they lost that series to Cleveland, and then they took every series since Colorado, Oakland, Washington. Hey, hey speaking of the past week, um, we last year sat through a lot of Buck Martinez missing baseball games mm-hmm. due to health complications. Um, we recklessly speculated on his future, mm-hmm. uh, which is very unfair of us to do, but that's what we're here for. Um <laughs> And then we kind of like, well, who who is the replacement? Who's the heir apparent? And we bandied about some names. And then one name that kept coming up in our comment section was Matt Devlin, mm-hmm. who uh, does a lot of Raptors coverage for sports. Yeah. Uh, we got a full dose of Matt Devlin this week as Dan Shulman was away at the uh, FIBA World Cup of Basketball. Canada went on a nice little run. They did lose today, but I think they're playing yes. for bronze tomorrow. Anyways. Against against the u.s who got eliminated by germany today as well so it's going to be a canada u.s bronze medal game anyways this isn't a basketball podcast (laughs) go back to your (laughs) my point being uh there's a lot of people clamoring for more matt devlin and i after this last week could not disagree harder i do not like the flavor that matt devlin brings to the broadcast booth uh am i out to lunch here He's very, you know he seems very knowledgeable, but even like my mom's who my mom and dad are in town. 
Even my mom was like, who is doing the game? They sound very American. You know what's funny about Matty D is I love him calling the Raps games. I really do enjoy his calls of basketball, but I'm with you, buddy. I really did not. Uh, number one, the chemistry. And listen, I know that if you're not working with someone constantly, the chemistry takes time to develop. You and I uh, can speak extensively on mm -hmm. this as we finally got our rhythms down three years in. But, you know, like it is tough to develop that in an, in an instant situation, but I'm with you. I, I wasn't really a big fan of what Matty D brought to the table. I really felt like him and Joe Siddle weren't clicking on a lot of cases. Mm -hmm. um, and I'm also very aware though, that I'm prone to always disliking new things to start with and then it growing on me, you mm -hmm. know, like, when when Tim and like you love those Apple TV broadcasts of the Blue Jays games. <laughs> yeah, now that I've watched them all the time, I I love those Apple TV broadcasts. Can't get enough. It just took me doing it a lot, watching it a while. Yeah. Though, like th there are some things where obviously uh, it doesn't grow on me. But I know one that that stands out in my mind is Tim and Sid. When I first saw Tim and Sid, I didn't particularly like the program. And then by the time Sid left to do breakfast television, I was like, no and then yeah. tim and friends was amazing and i was like this is the greatest and then same thing right like uh i, I don't know think i think and this is just my totally uneducated guess here but i would say as a sports broadcaster or reporter or anyone who's in sports media you're either uh, a utility guy that can cover all the sports the Arashmadanis of the world, if yeah. you will. Um, the Tim minus yeah. Tim and Sid, right? Like you're just a, a sports fan and there's something about it that works. Or you're like dialed in on one sport. Uh, I yeah. think it's not that it's impossible because Dan Shulman, again, that yes. background in, 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 in basketball and college basketball. And, and he's great with the, the Jays and stuff. I think it's really hard to do that crossover. And I don't know if it's an authenticity or what, but I think that that's contributing to the lack of chemistry. I don't know I what it is, I, but to I, be I like agree, the, man. the day in day out play by play guy for the Raptors for the last 15 years. And then to come talk, I mean, he might watch every baseball game in his, in his off in, in his downtime for all I know. Like I'm not saying he's not a uh, baseball. Oh, he fan. came across totally super knowledgeable. That was the thing is there's such a difference in the pacing between basketball and baseball. Yeah. And I think just, I, I don't know. I, yeah. I, I couldn't pinpoint it, but I'm with you. I, okay. I, I didn't really enjoy the call of the game from Matty D. Maybe I just need to hear more of it. I don't know exactly how it breaks down here, but yeah, he wasn't my favorite. Would love to hear from the grounds crew. What did everyone feel about the job Matty D it did? It was weird when, when uh, Biggio made that big throw from third base and he said, from downtown. Yeah. Well, basketball call. Joke. That's a very yeah. much basketball town. Yeah. Basketball. All right. <laughs> Let's move on. Okay. I think we're ready for three studs and a dud. Three studs and a dud. Yeah. Um, Totally. Uh, just sorry. If you're wondering what that blank look is on my face, just realized I didn't hit record on the polished software version. So YouTube is getting the raw Patreon version of today's video. Oh, lovely. So my, okay. My apologies to uh, 
everyone for what you're seeing right now. Um, yeah, this is this is where we're at. Okay, well, I've I've fully thrown myself off the rails here. Let's get into three studs and a dud. Uh, you win dud this week. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I do win the dud this week. Yes, for sure. Um, okay, honorable mention, Kevin Kiermeyer. Nice. Uh, hit 400 this week. OPS of 1171. Uh, came up with some timely hits uh, at the end of, I think it was the Rockies series. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, one home run, two RBIs, all around good looking guy. Stud. He's he's sure been a gem in that nine hole for us this it's season. Eh? Yeah, like if if there's if there's been any kind of uh, surprise acquisitions like surprises with the acquisitions in the off season, Kevin Kiermeyer's at the top of my list, just what he's done with the bat in the, in the back end of that batting order, man. Like it's, it's like having a second leadoff guy. He's been this fantastic. Is, I mean, we, we constantly refer to that number nine spot as like the pseudo leadoff guy mm-hmm. and whatever. Right. We need like a good term for that. Yeah. You know, like I hate saying pseudo leadoff guy or second leadoff guy or kind of like having an extra leadoff. Like we just need a nice mm-hmm. replacement of the word leadoff. It's a stupid pun and makes me giggle every time I hear it. So grounds crew, get on it. Let us know a better term for that. Um, Stud number three this week, Davis Schneider. Uh, Davis Schneider, uh, one home run, five RBIs, led the team in RBIs this week. A beautiful stat, which nobody cares about. Mm-hmm. Um, decent batting average of 278. It continues to drop, but the OPS 1202 continues to stay hot. Uh, three doubles. And hey, after our interview with him, where we said you've gotten everything except for your triple, how about right. getting that today? He said, no, but how about tomorrow? And he got his first career. Major League Triple, so pretty cool. Uh, congratulations, Davis Schneider. Next time we talk to him, we'll be like, it must be so tough on you not having a two-home run day in the majors yet, hey? <laughs> yeah. yeah, it must be so hard going to bed and not having a World Series ring, hey? I'll mention I'll mention that one on Sunday. It's so <laughs> tough should. on you, yeah. <laughs> All right. Uh, stud number two this week, believe it or not, Santiago Espinal. Yes. Talk about getting hot. Has he ever been pooped on a lot this season? And rightfully so. But I'm a man of my word. I'm a man of the people. Credit where credit is due. Good this week. He was really good. And him getting hot while Bo Bichette is on the IL and Matt Chapman is on the IL. I mean, he couldn't have timed it any better with definitely the Blue Jays that. back against the wall. Like they needed wins here. And that's one thing. And I, I we will get into this more. I don't mean to just derail mm-hmm. three studs and a dud here, but um, the fact they've kept their head above water. while the left side of their infield has been injured and they're going with replacement players is very impressive. Even if, it's a seven and five record that we were all hoping would be better. So mm-hmm. we'll get into injuries and stuff a little later on, but, but good on Santi. Santiago Espinal, uh, 429 batting average, an OPS of 1038. 
He was, and you know what? Some clutch hitting too. I know people yeah. go back and forth on whether clutch is a thing or not. Uh, I think it is. I don't know if if that this proves he's clutch or not. Even non-clutch guys can come up clutch. And that's what happened. Uh, some late-inning heroics from Santiago Espinal. Uh, there you go. Okay. Uh, stud number one this week, Krish Bassett. I love it. The Hound. Yeah. Uh, he made his, I think it was his Oakland, his return to Oakland. Um, after spending last year in, in New York, uh, first time back in Oakland, eight innings pitched mm-hmm. for Krish Bassett, uh, seven strikeouts. The romance in me wanted, really wanted to see him come out for the ninth inning. I mean, that yeah. game was out of hand. I think we we're up eight, one by that time, mm-hmm. but he'd also thrown probably 105 pitches. Yeah. There's no point pushing it. Um, still. Uh, great performance by Krish Bassett. That's back um, to back, eight back to back starts. eight inning games. Yeah. So if we go back to his last two starts, uh, sixteen innings pitched, ten strikeouts versus one walk, uh, zero home runs given up, and just one earned run in the last two starts. Leads awesome. Major League Baseball in quality starts, which they kind of recognize as six innings oh. pitched and uh, three runs or less. So very so- impressive. I was watching Blake Murphy, friend of the show, on Sportsnet. Just this is related to the quality starts thing. And I was watching it with my dad and my mom, and conversations were going on. We're just having our morning coffee. And Blake Murphy pulled something out of his hat that I really liked, but I wasn't able to pay full attention to it. So I got to go back, or hopefully someone else in the grounds crew uh, can just look it up for me. But he said... Like quality starts is a good, not great statistical mm-hmm. measure. And then he whipped out some magical formula that he looks at. And it was something, it was like a percentage based, you know, like OPS plus kind of an equivalent right. of, of a start and, and innings versus whatever. Anyways, I got to go back and look that up. Cause I just remember when I heard it thinking, Ooh, I really like that. Like what he was saying. Um, so teaser, I got to go find that out and I'll present it on Tuesday. You know what? I, I'm going to write that down right now and I'm going to ask Blake at baseball town. What yes. is perfect? Formula Thank you. Is. Say Adam really loved it when he mentioned it. It was something, I think he said it was something on baseball reference that he looks at, but it's something that he has to manually look at. Anyways, Krish Bassett was also whatever this Blake Murphy formula was. Uh, the BMF, Krish Bassett has a really good output in that. And it was something like, you know, a 67 or higher score is like a not just quality start. It's a like really quality start. It's like, mm-hmm. you know, upper, upper echelon. And uh, he said he has a high percentage of that, like 67% percentile of starts. So. Yeah, figure that out. You get Blake Murphy to do the work for me. Yeah, and, that's right. Uh, we'll we'll get Blake to do his own work. That's his work. Anyways, yeah, kudos to Blake Murphy. Uh, that's a great, whatever it was. I'm butchering it <laughs> as I always do. Uh, but there you go. All right, appreciate it. Oh, I have I have duds to do now. You have done to do. I yes. Have duds. Um, dishonorable mention 
to Yusei Kikuchi this week. Yeah, he had a he had a rough start. Uh, so we lost the game seven eight to the Rockies. He went four and two thirds innings, uh, giving up six runs, only two of which were earned. So that's why he's not a full on dud this week. Mm-hmm. Um, however, did give up four walks and six hits. So he had a whip over two. Um, so errors be damned, whether those runs were earned or not, he wasn't exactly bringing his his A game. Uh, so you especially, say especially when you look at one of the big reasons for his bounce back this season is the fact that he wasn't walking hitters. In fact, he's exactly. been incredibly good at limiting walks in 2023. And so you 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 see what it does. When you lose control and you start putting guys on base, the runs are bound to come, whether they're earned or not. And uh, yeah, definitely sunk the Jays in the end there. Uh, Dud this week is the man responsible for both of those errors in that Yusei Kikuchi game. Uh, Ernie Clement, who had a, a another good week offensively, hit 381, mm-hmm. an OPS of 1,000, hit a home run. Um, but two errors in one game, one fielding, one throwing. I think one was responsible for f- those four runs that uh, that came home in that game. I mean, we lost by one. Mm-hmm. He had two errors that directly led to runs. Is that a minus one on the wins above replacement? I know that's not how wins above replacement works, but that's a tough game for Ernie. It is a tough game for Ernie, and it is too bad because the kid's been just an absolute, um, I mean, saving grace, for lack of a better term, since Boba Shed has hit the IEL. He has been incredible with the bat. He's hitting over 400, which is absolutely ridiculous since getting called up midseason and kind of yo-yoing up and down. And on top of that, he... Hasn't played a lot of major league shortstop. Listen, we've watched how long it takes to become a good major league shortstop. And so to have a guy who's called up and and filling in as a stopgap, I mean, it's too bad he has to take the dud this week because truly he probably has made up for it in other areas. But yeah, when you directly are <laughs> attached to a loss, it's tough. Yeah. Um, I don't know how to do this. I'm sure there's someone who uh, really dabbles in fan graphs a lot, but it would be interesting to see. And it's difficult because we've had so many utility fill-ins all over the infield in Bo's absence. But I wonder if we just looked at on a game per game basis from the quote unquote shortstop position, what kind of numbers we're getting out of our shortstop, right? Yeah. So someone do that homework for me. <laughs> okay. Wait, that's we're, your three steps. We're handing out a lot of assignments hey, today. I like it's it. It's September eighth. School's back in session. You got weekend. You got weekend homework. I don't know how yeah, else to break that's it right. to you. So, <laughs> there you go. All right, three studs and a dud. There it is. Okay, so injuries have hit this team recently after a year that really has been a pretty healthy season for them, uh, especially pitching wise. But there has been some bad tacos that have come down recently. Uh, starting with back into the bullpen, high leverage dude, Eric Swanson has been put on the IL, uh, last week. 
He is starting to throw off a mound. So he is kind of on his way back to being a member of this bullpen. There's no exact timeline yet as to when Swanee is going to be joining the pen again. But uh, the sooner the better, in my opinion. We are mm-hmm. going to get into our circle of trust and and who's there that we believe in uh, shortly. But Eric Swanson definitely being missed. He was worked heavily this season, is already uh, I think he's already over his career high for innings. So maybe the time off as we approach the playoffs isn't a terrible thing right now. And this bullpen has been pretty solid. So timeline, hopefully in the next week or so, we see Eric Swanson back in the pen. And then there's some tough decisions to be made as to who is going to go down. Uh, speaking of injuries, Eric Swanson battery mate and most of the, the pitchers have thrown to him. Danny Jansen, pardon me. Danny Jansen just was sent for surgery or uh, not surgery, sorry, to a hand specialist to check out what's going on. Of course, he was diagnosed with a broken bone, right finger, uh, middle finger. Hit by pitch. Hit by pitch. And, and for his own guy. Here's the thing. There's no real word as to what this specialist said, but my guess is that it's tough to speed up a broken bone and only time is going to heal this. Will Danny be back this season? Fingers crossed. Hopefully he is definitely looking pretty good. Having a seasoned veteran like Tyler Heineman, 31 year old who's been around the league and who has caught uh, the starting staff before the pitching staff before. So it is good to have a guy like that in the, in the minors to be the backup right now, mm-hmm. Alejandro Kirk taking the majority of the catching reps. We'll see. Listen, I, I just talking Danny Jansen bums me out. This guy has had the worst luck with being able to stay on the field. This isn't his body breaking down. This isn't a reoccurring injury. This is him getting plunked time and time and time again. And breaking bones in his hands. I I mean, at the point, I I love that Danny doesn't wear batting gloves. I love that he doesn't wear all the equipment. But at this point, I'm like, just do it, buddy. Just well, this this time he was hit by pitch as a catcher. It was yeah, receiving it was, the ball yes. at his hand. Yeah, receiving the ball. Yeah, fortunately. But yeah, again, it's it still remains the same point though. Is it's at least it's not knee issues or back mm-hmm. issues, but it's sure freaking bad luck issues, man. The worst one, and it is too bad because every time you you scale his offensive production over a 162, you're like, holy crap, this is a dude who hits 35 bombs and 100-plus RBIs. But uh, run producer, just not when he's not in the lineup. So Danny Jansen, friend of the show, he's made time for us a couple of times to come on the podcast. All the best to to Danny, and hopefully he is back in time for October. But I, I kind of feel that way too. Listen, if you've broken a bone, you know how it goes. Okay. You're given a, a rough estimate of your timeline and you don't know. <laughs> like you just don't know. There's going to the be no triple A for him to rehab at. Like we're not. Mm-hmm. Yeah. This know. is a, just... it's a bad time of year to get injured because there isn't the ability to rehab. It's a bad. I mean, you're running out of baseball. Anyways, all the best to Danny. We don't need to dwell on this. There is some better news on the injury front, and that is with the left side of the infield. Bo Bichette 
almost all the way back. We could even see him reinstated as soon as today. In fact, my guess is this gets released. And of course, then the Blue Jays will mm-hmm. let everyone know what's going on. And, and we look like uh, our heads are in the sand and we don't know what's going on. But Bobachet due back, hopefully today, maybe sometime this weekend at the latest. Uh, Matt Chapman also has made some serious progress. He's a couple days behind Bo on when he was uh, put on the IL. So I think he's due back Sunday. We'll see the swelling in his right middle finger, which is his problem, has subsided almost completely. We'll see what oh. happens. Where are you seeing that update? Uh, all I all I saw was the Arden tweet from two days ago that says finger still waiting for swelling and inflammation to subside before he can ramp up baseball activity. He's limited to taking ground balls for now. No throwing. Hasn't swung a bat since he hit the IL. He'll be reevaluated in Toronto on Friday. Do you have okay. a, more positive than that? No, I, I was oh. looking at, um, where was it? It was even an older text or an older tweet, I think. So if that's the case, then that's the case. Um, that's a bummer. It's funny because I was reading, I, I think it was like five days ago, the tweet was saying that his, his finger, the swelling has gone down and he started resuming throwing. So my guess is, but that's the thing with these these injuries, right? The swelling goes down, they're like, start doing baseball activity, it swells back up and you're like, frick, the only thing that works is time. We got to wait it out more, which is where mm-hmm. Danny Jansen's at. So Bo Bichette, close to returning. Matt Matt Chapman, obviously within, within a, a week or so is my guess. You, you got to wait for him to be able to throw. Yep. All right. So with all of this injury news, there's some serious decisions that need to be made, especially with how well these call-ups have gone. So if they are to reinstate Matt Chapman and Bo Bichette in the next few days, they need to move two guys off the roster. So Mason McCoy, Widemouth Mason McCoy, the real McCoy, he's probably the first to go, right? I mean, I, I think it's pretty safe that he's the dude without too much thought into it. Yeah, I think that's a pretty safe bet. Tyler Heineman, I mean, unless you're going to have Dalton Varshow catching some games, I, I don't think Heineman is an option. Not while Danny's on the IL. You, you need a no, second Heineman's catcher. sticking around for sure. So Heineman's there for sure. So if it can't be Heineman, that leaves us with the Fab Three from Buffalo, who is saving this season currently of Ernie Clement, Spencer Horwitz, and Davis Schneider. All three have had an incredible impact. Can we release Paul DeYoung again instead? Yeah, can we release <laughs> Paul DeYoung for a second time? Is that possible? I don't know, man. It's probably Spencer Horowitz, if I had to guess. And the reason I say that, even though all three of them have just been tearing the cover off the baseball and have been incredible substitutes for their injured counterparts, uh, Horowitz might be the least versatility. And if Brandon Belt's back is feeling better, He's kind of redundant as a first baseman, left-handed bat, uh, not as much power as belt, guy who puts the ball in play. Very valuable dude. And this is a thing that like our, our friend with the Herd Chronicle in Buffalo, Brian Frank, brought up. 
And it's funny because now I look back on that interview we did with Brian in June, he called all of this, right? He was like, keep an eye on Davis Schneider. He's big league ready. He's going to be an impact bat. He's like, Spencer Horwitz is already major league ready. He should, he's proven everything he possibly can at this level. There just needs to be a spot for him. He's like, Ernie Clement has came in and been an absolute godsend for this Bisons team at shortstop and is ready for the big leagues. And all three of them are proving him right. So maybe we need to get him back on to, to update us on who's next, but yeah, man, it's tough. Like Horowitz just profiles the most like belt, a guy who's already on the team. Now if belt hits the IL, this changes everything. And it's probably Ernie Clement who draws the short end of the stick. Like Davis Schneider, I think has done enough to, I mean, the fan base would lose their shit if Davis was sent down. Right. Yeah, There'd be a riot so. on the hands. I mean, you and me have been debating whether or not to shave our beards into Davis Schneider yes, mustaches. Into, into mustaches, team, yes. So, <laughs> so, yeah, the team would go, or the fan base would go nuts. And we all know that the best way to run a sports organization is based on the temperature check of your fan base. <laughs> you know? But in all honesty, yeah, totally Dave needs to stay on this team for a bit. Does he deserve to? No. Deserving got nothing to do with it. But I think if this team wants to win, that's where uh, the yeah. money is. Couldn't agree more. Okay, we'll move into our circle of trust talk and the bullpen. Listen, this Toronto Blue Jays bullpen has been one of the best in all of baseball this season. It has been such a relief as a fan of this team to have some belief in the guys that they're bringing out of the pen. I know that it's been the biggest Achilles heel of this team over the last couple of years. In fact, 2021, it might be the sole reason that that team didn't make it to the playoffs. They still won 91 games and that bullpen was on fire in May and June. Literally, they had to make a last, uh, an early trade, early June to get Trevor Richards and he who shall not be named in the fish man. And thank God they did because it did shore things up. But like we were going through the, the Tyler Chatwood, Raphael Dolis, uh, Russian roulette game too often. So to see what this bullpen has done this season is spectacular, but we are going to dive in here and give our circle of trust. We've done this a couple times throughout the year, and I think it's going to look different than it has in the past. Those of you watching right now, our grounds crew members, feel free to drop in the comments here who the guys you have full trust in. So let's start with high re- high leverage. Okay. Who do you feel, Adam, is your high leverage guys? How big is that circle? And is Jordans, are the Jordans in it? Are both Jordans in it? Um, yeah, I think for me, I'm happy with both of them. I I don't have, I mean, I could, I could give my reasons, I guess. Uh, they're both good. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, Romano, it's the same story. It's always been for me with Romano is that I love him in the ninth and the ninth only. I love him with no base runners on, Mm -hmm. um, and I love him with a lead. You take away any one of those factors and my blood pressure increases pretty quick. I don't want him in a tie game. I don't want him in any inning other than I don't like seeing him in the eighth inning. 
I don't like seeing him with runners on base. As soon as someone gets on, I'm thinking the game's over. I don't particularly like seeing him go two innings. I don't even like seeing him with a three-run lead, to be honest. <laughs> but I, there, I wouldn't say there's anyone I'd rather see in the ninth inning with a one-run lead. Mm-hmm. So... Listen, Jordan yeah, Romano, Hick, and Hicks has been if, great too. Hicks isn't walking people, which is just with a guy who throws absolute hot sauce. That's what you worry about, right? Is mm-hmm. that is he going to throw a bunch of wild pitches? But he's got uh, one walk in the last month. Yeah, wow. he's been good. He's been good. And listen, I'm I'm kind of in the same boat. Boat. I, I got to put Jordan Romano in my circle of trust. He is the closer for this team. He's proven himself time and time again. I know he can make you sweat as a fan, especially if one of the scenarios Adam just mentioned isn't in the recipe that time, right? Mm -hmm. But he gets it done. Listen, relievers are relievers. They're always going to let you down. It's what relievers do. It's the one thing they all have in common. Is there somebody better out there at closing games than Jordan Romano? Maybe a few, not many. And I know I've made this comparison numerous times. I just feel it's apt as a Alberta hockey fan from the eighties and nineties. He's Grant Fear. He's the goaltender for the Oilers in the eighties, right? Grant Fear was never one of the best goaltenders in the league, but he had this knack of never giving, if it was a two, one game, you were losing two, one. Mm-hmm. If it was a seven, if, if the opponents are going to score or your team scores seven, he will allow six goals. Mm-hmm. And that is Jordan Romano to a T. Makes it interesting. Makes um, it interesting. Makes us sweat. The thing with Jordan Romano, like where he gets a lot of hatred is uh, I think from like the unrealistic portion of the fan base when they're like, oh, he's not a good enough closer. It's like, well, he's a top five closer in all of baseball. There's not like any really attainable upgrades that are just sitting there. You know, and it's and that's kind of how I feel about John Schneider. Is like as a manager. Yeah, he's not one of the elite managers, but there isn't like a bunch of elite managers sitting at home watching baseball this summer. Like mm-hmm. he's above average, I would say, and he's also pretty new to it. Like I know he's been mm-hmm. managing in the minor leagues, but like No, agree. I think he could be like what is he, 31 years old? I don't know, he's not 31. No, but he's, he's young guy. He's got a lot of time to to figure out, oh, I can't do two mound visits in one inning. Don't make that mistake again, right? <laughs> Um, oh, pinch run for my slowest robot catcher on third base with zero out. Yeah, let's do that move. You know, I, I don't know. John Schneider is the Jordan Romano of managers, I guess is my point, is that he's, yeah. I think, really good. But yeah, could you have better? Sure, you could always want better, but there's only so many elite options out there. So like... For what Jordan Romano's getting paid, he's probably the best reliever in baseball. I mean, the guys that are above him are... Look, the it's the same. The it's the same hatred that Boba Shett always gets from the fan base, being bad defensively and whatever. Mm-hmm. It's like he's easily top ten shortstop in all of baseball. Mm-hmm. I think 
there's an argument to be made. He's a top five shortstop in all of baseball. Like, you know, when you look at the whole package, offense and defense and whatever, and you could, you can make this claim that he should play second base instead. I don't, I don't think I buy it anymore. I think he's yeah. after this average defensive shortstop season. I'm happy with it yeah. Um, at shortstop, but yeah, it's the same thing. It's like, okay, well, could you have Xander Bogertz or like, yeah, there's better options, but not many. Mm-hmm. And they're not available. So, like, why are we even having this talk? There's no there's no upgrading over Boba Shet other than like a total rebuild, if that's the vote we're we're wanting to do. And it's yeah. this I'm at the same spot with Jordan Romano. It's like right now, he is our closer and he is the best option we have in the closer role. Like maybe the future changes in two years. Maybe Nate Pearson becomes that. Maybe Hagen Danner becomes that. You know, like, but right now. There's this off season. He's our guy. Mm-hmm. And and uh, maybe there's some October heartbreak in it, but maybe there's some October heroics. And the fact of the matter is with a lot of these guys, we just don't know what they're like in October because we haven't seen it yet. So I'm hoping he's a rise to the occasion guy come October. And I hope we get a chance to see it this fall. But yeah, he's, I think if I'm just being, objective here he is the top of my circle of trust to circle I, I would agree with that uh eric swanson as well is in there i know he's, he's on right the il there. currently but eric swanson has been absolutely high leverage setup man love yeah. eric swanson yeah me too me too uh you know who has really been incredible that maybe isn't even getting enough love is... Bowden francis I wasn't going to say Bowden Francis, although he falls into this category, who I was going to say was Yenesis Cabrera. Mm -hmm. That's a good one, too. has been lights out. He hasn't allowed an earned run. He's allowed three runs in general since joining this team. He has literally sent Cardinals fans into a tizzy. I was looking into the comment section. So you know how the the Blue Jays Facebook pages all have their, you know, crazies in there. While obviously Mm -hmm. the Cardinals Facebook posts and pages are the same. Mm -hmm. And I know that uh, I was on one the other day where they posted uh, Cabrera's number since being a Blue Jay. Every single comment was like, our pitching coach sucks balls. Why can't we have a guy like Pete Walker? Like literally, like really uh, heaping (laughs) praise onto the Blue Jays pitching coaching and also at the same time blaming the coaching staff amongst uh, the Cardinals, which is what Blue Jays fans would do, right? (laughs) I think we did that for the first game of Paul DeYoung's career in San Francisco. Yeah, uh, that's right. Not a lot of chatter about that recently, though. But yeah, no. the first game was electric. So I think if we're going to talk circle of trust at this point in the season, Jordan Romano is at the top. I really okay. do put Genesis Cabrera in there. Okay. Eric Swanson's obviously in there when he returns from the IL. Mm-hmm. Jordan Hicks. Is he, and you're right, he's been much better control-wise. He hasn't been putting guys on base, which was his big Achilles heel when he was with the Cardinals. Probably still is. High leverage situation. How do you feel about Jordan Hicks coming in? 
Cause I'm okay uh, with it. But, but here's the thing. He doesn't like, I'm nervous. <laughs> yeah. I don't know if this is just the, I think this is just the Homer in me, but I don't think I will ever, we'd really have to have some hall of famers on our bullpen for me to ever feel like we have a, a two run lead in the seventh inning and going, well, I could turn the game off cause this one's over. I think I'm just always going to be nervous. Yeah. And that's how, which is crazy because this bullpen is so good, but I feel the exact same way, man. You just don't know. So let's talk some of the guys who have regressed. Listen, Trevor Richards has not been the same dude since coming off of the IL. Uh, He may have been rushed back a little bit. He is already ahead of his career high in innings pitched, which very well could be part of the problem here. He could just be gassed. Um, Jay Jackson is another guy who has regressed a little bit since his really hot start with this team. Jay Jackson has filled in so admirably and has been, he's just not a high leverage guy, but you need those guys too, right? You need a guy who can come in and mop up after the sixth, the, uh, not even mop up, just pass the torch. And I do feel comfortable with Jay Jackson in that role, maybe coming in, in, you know, uh, a shortened Yusei Kikuchi start to face the back end of a lineup. Heck yeah. yeah, Give me Jay Jackson. Uh, Jay Jackson, of course, coming to baseball town. If you'd like to meet him and see what he has to say, baseball town will pin the tickets in the, uh, in the comment section. Okay. Let's talk Bowden Francis. Cause I know where do you put Jimmy, Jimmy Garcia and Tim Mesa? Are they, are they high leverage for you? Tim Mesa can be so lights out. He's also, he, by the way, already broken his career high in innings. Tim Mesa feels like last year's Jose Barrios a little bit. Like sometimes it feels like he's untouchable, and other times, You're like, more oh. often than not, he's untouchable. But I also feel like he's, and Jimmy Garcia is in the same category, like liable for a three-run inning mm-hmm. every once in a while. Yeah. It just makes you want to rip your hair out. Yeah. I don't know. I'm not not out on, on Tim Mesa yet, but I would say he's... He's the bottom of my circle of trust also. Like okay. he's in the circle, but... The last three weeks has definitely been his worst portion of the season. And I don't know if it's, if it's the innings, I don't know if things have just caught up to him. Uh, if hitters have adjusted, but either way, he's definitely giving up more hits than he has in the first four months of the season. But Tim Mays has done so much this year and has been one of the top left-handed relievers in all of baseball. It's tough to blame him or to take away that trust so for now, Tim Mays is there. Uh, Jimmy's just on the outside of the circle looking in and has looked a lot better recently. Still not infallible. No reliever is. Uh, let's get positive for a minute before we move on to Bo Bichette. Bowden Francis. Mm-hmm. What a pleasant surprise this young man has been, eh? Uh, last 30 days, 14 innings pitched. Uh, 17 strikeouts versus one walk. Uh, a whip of zero four three. He has the best got, whip on in the bullpen. Oh, of all of our pitchers, 
uh, in the last 30 days. He's got that big, nasty hook, curveball that just hits the strike zone, which is impressive. He has not walked almost anyone, like Adam just mentioned. And he can go Whip. for like multiple innings. And he can go multiple like, innings. The value of him being able to come in in the fifth inning of a Yusei Kikuchi start, where maybe we're up four runs, mm-hmm. and I just feel like, like, talk about with Tim Meza, the opposite feeling. Yeah. Right. Like I just feel like I I don't know if I trust him in leverage. Right. Like he's still young and inexperienced, but like, man, and low leverage. Do I ever feel like we're putting this thing in cruise control? Love Francis. What a nice feeling that is. And it it really is just to have a dude who hits his spots and can go in and give multiple innings. Of course, the Jays received him as the prospect throw in when they got Trevor Richards out of Milwaukee for Rowdy Telez. This is a trade that has really worked out well for both teams. Trevor Richards has been lights out for this team up until his injury. And Bowden Francis has been incredible since his call up, honestly giving length out of that bullpen when no one else had length to give. Like the amount of times this year, Jay Jackson was pushed to go two innings and he's not a two inning guy. Uh, probably too many. So to have that dude in the pen now, love to see it. Do you think Bowden could compete with Manoa for that fifth starting role? I know that um, it's probably not the direction I would like to see go. I'd rather see them get a starter with a little bit more of a career history, a track record. But do you think he's earned the right does he deserve uh, it, Adam? <laughs> I was going to say earned. That's a linguistic cousin of the word deserved. Yeah. Um, linguistic, schedulistically, we're, we're You're high really nailing oh, these School new words. is back in session. Can you tell it's September 8th and I've been taking my kid to school all week? <laughs> I've been auditing some of those grade seven classes. Um, I don't know how good I feel about Bowden Francis as a fifth starter, man. Like as a sixth starter, not like mm-hmm. in a six man rotation, but in a, well, we got five. And if someone goes down, Bowden can step in and pitch four or five for a couple weeks. I love it. Yeah. Love and I'm it. in the same boat. Give him the Ross Stripling yeah. role. Sure. And then if he winds up being Ross Stripling, great. Sure. <laughs> love it. Love it. Okay, let's move on. Bullbashet oh, on the verge. Sorry, oh, by the way, no. just because you touched on Rowdy Telez yes. uh, in the trade. Um, last year, Ross Atkins sure took a lot of heat for that trade because last yes. year, Rowdy Telez, uh, 35 home runs last season. Um, From a lefty bat when the Jays needed a lefty bat. Right. It really, <laughs> so it really felt like a loss. The, the hate. Francis was yeah. not a contributing member of this team. It felt like, oh, that was a real gut punch. Yeah. Um, this, of course, this season, was during the year everyone was like DFA Richards. So. Right. Yeah. Uh, this season, however, 13 home runs. So just three more than Vladdy. Uh, that's a joke, but it's still uh, it's funny. Uh, OPS of 680. He's got an OPS plus Yikes. of 83. So uh, below average, the power is gone. He's hitting 215 for a batting average. Uh, yeah, it's too 28 bad. years old. Rowdy Telez. Good, not great player. 
and he's having an off season. I think he'll still be fine next year. Yeah. But who knows? Anyways, just oh. there you go. Okay. Let's get into Bobochet. Obviously, currently on the IL, might not even be while you're watching this. He may have already been announced as returning to the lineup, which would be fantastic. He has been um, a revelation this season. I think it's safe to say truly has placed himself into that top five shortstops in Major League Baseball realm. He's putting up offensive numbers that you just don't see out of a shortstop very often and has been pleasantly surprising to watch on the defensive end of the field. Adam mentioned it earlier. I think it's safe to say that he is a league average defense, uh, league average defenseman, league average uh, big slap stop. shot from the point there and yeah, big slap shot from the <laughs> from the hot corner. <laughs> uh, even with this injury stint, he's still in the top of the American League for hits. He currently sits at 152. The only ones ahead of him is Simeon with 160, Julio Rodriguez with 159. Of course, his 17 hits in four days helped him to get up to that leaderboard. And then Bobby Witt Jr. sitting at 153, just one hit above of Bo Bichette. So the truth is, with Bo coming back and a full month left, who knows, he could still, for a third straight That's year, true. lead yeah. the league in hits, even with Mitch missing time. And I think another thing that needs to be mentioned about Bo Bichette is this is the first injury that he has had in years. He played, I think it was 159 games last year, 158 the year before he played, he's on the field almost a hundred percent of the time. It's incredibly impressive. The durability and the ability to take the field day in and day out for this kid, 25 years old, Bo Bichette. What does him coming back to this team mean, Adam? Like 28 game. What, what's the remaining amount of games here? We have, we have 20 games left, 20 games left. Something oh, like that. 22. Hold on, let me double check. This. I think Hold it's on. 22. So oh, I think it's 22 games remaining. Bo Bichette coming back is huge. And we just yeah, need to 22 kind of... left. So fingers crossed that his knee is fine. His quad is fine. He can kind of tough it out for the rest of the season because this dude is the engine of the offense when it comes to the Toronto Blue Jays. Yeah, we could get him back for that Ranger series this week because that Ranger series is so big. Gonna be so vital. Like taking three out of four is gonna do so much more for us than going one and three. Mm-hmm. It, getting the series win and that tiebreaker uh is huge. By the way, uh Rangers gonna be without their star slugger at Elise Garcia. For that series, placed really? on the 10-day IL. Yeah, Patellar 10. Wow. So, Boy, when it rains, it pours. We're getting lucky. If we can go into that series with Bichette back and healthy, and they're going without their 34 home run man, um, mm-hmm. that's good news for us. It is good news. So glad to see Bo Bichette close to returning. It's going to be a big boost for this offense. There are going to be some, some, some decisions to be made. But you know what? These Buffalo boys, and I'm thinking Clement Schneider, and of course, uh, Horwitz, them coming up and succeeding like they have is a big deal because it's going to give them a lot of confidence. And it's really important to have some guys on the bench that 
let's say when it matters, a guy like Bichette does wind up with a bad taco, even if just for a game or two, to be able to feel confident that you can put an Ernie, Ernie Clement in there, to feel confident that if, if Matt Chapman returns and needs a day off, that you can go to a, a Davis Schneider to play the hot corner and mm-hmm. get a average defensive showing out of him and be able to trust his bat. That's massive. So this is really lining up nicely for a playoff run. Of course, the boys need to get there before any of this matters. And this translate, this is going to go very well into previewing this Kansas city series. Just before we do, I just want to quickly say one nice, I think understated benefit of having all this depth at AAA that has stepped up uh, the Spencer Horowitz's, the Davis Schneiders. Um, I don't, wish to see david schneider as our starting third baseman next year but if he's in triple a i'm like all of a sudden our farm system doesn't look as bad when it comes to trades that might need to happen and i'm not saying let's trade away davis schneider but all of a sudden we have a little bit more to offer at the trade Mm -hmm. table with like a couple competent bats who like maybe don't have a future in toronto but maybe they're desirable to uh, uh, another team on the cusp or who's not quite in their contending window yet, but like, you know, yeah, I, I there's trade value 100%. in these guys that they didn't have a month ago is what I'm saying. Now. Right? I also, like, I also think that David Schneider is the starting second baseman for the Toronto blue Jays in 2024. Okay. And, and we'll see what happens at the hot corner. Listen, he's got reps at third. We've watched him play third. I think it was one uh-huh. time. He made an error on it too, I think, on the throw. Even even when we had him on the show, I brought up that he didn't have any balls hit at him, but except for a foul. And he was like, Yeah, I'm okay with that though. Like he's (laughs) you know how some guys like to get in the action? He was like, No, 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 like I'm good. Like obviously your head's gotta be in the game, but if I don't need to field a bunch of balls, I'm I'm okay with that. So that That reminds me of a Christian Yelich interview on John Boy this summer where he was like there are about 11 games a year where I don't have a single ball hit to me. Yeah. Like defensively, I'm just spectating. And he's like, and I love those games. I don't <laughs> have to throw it. I don't have to go run and pick anything up. Yeah. Like, it's like, it's just awesome. Yeah. It's like, sometimes I go over four at the plate too. And it's like, you guys could have done that. <laughs> yeah. Love it. No, David Schneider has done nothing but impress me. I love how generous he has been with, us here on the walk-off with his time. I mean, Mm -hmm. my goodness, he's been on the show three times. He's coming down Sunday to our live event. Mm -hmm. I mean, the guy's a stud. And I really do think that he does slot into second base really well. And especially if Vlad doesn't get moved and Vlad turns out to be less of a power threat than maybe he has been in previous years, having a dude at second base, which isn't really a position known for its power, who can hit some bombs? Huh? Maybe offsets that lack we of. We sure like having Marcus Simeon hitting bombs there from oh, second man. base. Yeah, so that's yeah, true. we can keep that up. That'd be nice. All right, let's get onto this Royals preview. Okay, so Colin Snyder taking the mound for the Kansas City Royals in this first of this three-game series. He currently sits with a four-point-two-two ERA, and then our bearded dragon the stud the the savior 
of this rotation, you say Kikuchi, who with Alec Manoa just completely face planting this season. I don't even know where this team would be without Yusei Kikuchi. And he really has played himself into a spot in the playoffs in a three game series. I think we really do see Yusei Kikuchi taking one of those starts currently sitting with a 3.63 ERA. He has limited his walks substantially this year and he's hoping for a rebound start again. He was the uh, runner up, right? Or was he the actual dud? He was the the runner up. Uh, runner up dud this the, this week, yeah. Dud. Runner up dud this week, but I will say that uh, it was a blip. We're in September. We don't see these kind of starts out of Yusei very often. So fingers crossed, he can come in and give us a little bit of length and do what he's done all season. That is the dream. Going to Saturday, you definitely and and we talked about this. Listen, I my guess is they win two of three here because the Blue Jays just don't seem to be a team you can count on to sweep and sweeping any team is very difficult. Obviously would love for them to make me eat my words and the record to be 10 and five. And this, you know, schedule, what, how did you say it again? The, the, the schedule, schedulistically, schedulistically (laughs) the weakest part of the season, Kevin Gosman, the ace of this staff, he takes the mound on Saturday against Alec Marsh, who is sporting a 6.23 ERA. The, the starting pitching for this Kansas City team is why they are as bad as they are. So the Jays really need to try and take care of business here. They normally try and wait until the bullpen. I don't think they try to wait. I worded that weirdly. But that's been kind of the... Um, The way it's gone is that this team struggles against the starter and then has made some real ground up against the bullpen in this, this stretch of playing weaker teams. Sure. would love to see them score some runs early on against this weak starting pitching of the Kansas city Royals. The final game of the set goes Sunday. And that is probably the one time where, yeah, you got to watch out Cole Reagan's. He's been really good for this Kansas City team since they uh, have called him up. He's sporting a a 3 ERA. He's got 72 innings pitched this year, but he he was acquired uh, by the the Royals. He's pitched 19 innings with them, but he's been good. So we'll see. Uh, This is probably the biggest obstacle the Jays have in this series, sporting a whip of 1.11. He doesn't give up a lot of hits or a lot of walks. But we're Blue Jays fans. We're used to watching 3-2 games, right? So mm-hmm. hopefully mm-hmm. there's a, a a win there. I don't really care how it happens. Uh, notably, for everybody that wants a sweep, and uh, shout out to Toonsdays with Johnny, uh, who commented this on one of our Patreon videos, but like, statistically, even though they're terrible, the A's, the Royals, they're st- they still have a 300 winning percentage, which over the course of a season is embarrassing. But in a three-game series, that's one that's win. Take, that's winning one of those three games, and so it's like, which is yeah. why it's so hard to sweep in baseball. So hard to sweep a series, <laughs> yeah. So hard to sweep. Uh, so just keep that in mind. Um, do the Blue Jays deserve to win all three games? Well, deserving. What does deserve have to do with it exactly? 
Okay, um, gang. Anything to add here, Adam? Sorry, buddy. Yeah, I just wanted to say, how do you feel about for a wild card series now that the Blue Jays are currently in a spot? I feel safer speculating just for the fun of it on who starts a world card, uh, wild card playoff series. How do you feel about Bassett, Kikuchi, and Ryu? Because the way that the starting rotation is lined up is game 161 is a Gary Gossman start. Game 162 is a Jose Burrio start. Which is hilarious because we literally might need... We might a, need... We might need Gosman and Burrios in those spots to make the playoffs. Right? I'd like, say probably need them. Like I don't <laughs> think a 88-win team is on pace to phone it in the last, not the starting either. No, all of our starters are are pretty gosh darn good, but it is something to consider that like, I don't think we're going to skip a start for, for Gossman and put out Ryu on short rest so that we can. That is such a great question, Adam. That is such a great question. If we can get by it, then the the benefit of that is, and again, is just me putting the cart before the horse. Cause why not? Yeah. (laughs) that does line us up for gossman to start game one of the second round that's true i don't even know how to answer this question dude it's just something for everybody to keep in mind that like yeah yeah, we might not have it's a really good point though it's a really good point when you start doing the math and you're like you know what the way this Jays team has played it probably is going to come down to the final few games of the season and if your whole season rides on those final two games. You don't want to massage the starting pitching, right? Especially with your main benefit. That's the wrong word. Your, your, your biggest attribute of this team is starting pitching. So maybe you lean on it. Maybe you have to lean on it, right? Like you don't want to take Gosman out of game 161 and line him up for the wild card if you haven't clinched a wild card yet that would be crazy mm-hmm. that's leaving zach Britton in the bullpen like that's that's not removing alejandro kirk for a pinch runner it's all of those things so i really hope that number one the, their back isn't against the wall that badly although it probably will be um can i say something that makes me want to puke in my mouth a little bit. Sure. Um, don't look now, but the New York Yankees might be annoying at the end of September. Mm-hmm. Um, this is a team that did they release Donaldson or just yes? What am they released Donaldson? They got rid of Bader, uh, Jason Dominguez, the like eleven-year-old slugger, has been up and been good for them. They're eight and two in their last ten. Um, they swept the Astros recently, um, and then added uh, six out of seven, I think, against the the Detroit Tigers. Their schedule pretty soft over the rest of the season. They got the Brewers for three, Red Sox for four, then the Pirates for three, Blue Jays for three, Diamondbacks, Blue Jays, and Royals. Don't look now, but the Yankees might might make a run here. 
Isn't that gross to think about? If the chemistry is just fixed and this team's good, they got six, there's seven games back of us. They have six games left against us. And then the rest of their games are against like average teams. On the other side of things, their pitching sucks. Yeah. All right, the only reason you. they've they been on that. this, the only reason they've been on this run lately is their pitching has picked them up. I mean, everyone wishes to give give tips of the hat to the kids. And obviously we've seen what an infusion of youth and uh, a different vibe can do for a team ourselves here as Jays fans with, with Schneider, Clement and Horwitz. But the truth is uh, yeah. Seven games out. Nah, I, I, I'm not worried about the Yankees. I don't even think, honestly, dude, I, I think that this is going to be a non topic after their series I against the right. Brewers and Red Sox. We'll see. I hope you're right. I hope you're right. Uh, Red Sox five games back. I mean, the dream, the dream is that the Brewers take two of three against the Yankees and then the Yankees and Red Sox split that four game series. And at the same time, the Jays sweep the Rangers, right? These are the dreams of, of the podcast here for me. But uh, yeah, I mean, the Yankees have been hot. I'm not a believer. I just... That just feels too baseball for me. And it feels like they're absolutely gonna just make a push, but hopefully it's well, the 2019 Blue Jays kind of push, you know? That's right. Where it hurts 20, just 20, that much more. 2021. 2021. 2021. Yeah. Okay, everybody. Thank you so much for listening and watching. We appreciate all the support. An extra tip of the hat to the Patreon. We truly do. Uh thank you for just the, the support you've shown the channel, it means a lot. Baseball Town, it is down to it, everybody. Two days, get your tickets. We'll pin those in the comment section. We've got Davish, Davis, Schneider, and Jay Jackson coming down. Of course, Blake Murphy, Julia Cruz. We've got Baseball Jen and Johnny G of Gate 14. Craig Ballard of Locked On Blue Jays is going to be hosting it with me. It is going to be a blast. Do not miss it. Comedy Bar East, Sunday, 6 to 8, the regular time. Hopefully we get to see and meet some of you there. All the best, everybody. Go Blue Jays, go. Cheers. Thanks for listening to the Walk Off Podcast with Scott Belford and Adam Mack with a new episode every Friday. Thanks for listening.